we welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Christ conscious believer, today is so you will not believe this. Today is part 22. Somebody say 22. Yes, 22, 22, 22, 22. Part 22 of the Christ Conscious Believer. We've been on this for like five months now. March, April, May, June, July, August. It's definitely spilling over into September. Definitely. But we've said over and over again that if you have paid attention to this, then it's literally going to revolutionize your entire work with God. And for some of you that have been doing business with it, you already see that happening in your life. Everything collapses into your Christ consciousness. Everything. One of the things we're not taught well growing up as believers was Christ consciousness. A lot of us were raised on sin consciousness more than Christ consciousness. A lot of us were raised on church consciousness more than Christ consciousness. Are you following me? A lot of us. A lot of us. I was speaking to somebody who came to record a few days ago. And he said he has stopped church for over three months. He's not going to church again. He's tired. Tired of church. Tired of playing. Doesn't play in church. Doesn't attend church. He said he's tired. That the only day he was not in church was Friday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. He said he got tired. I said that's because you got churched. You didn't meet Christ. Because if, you, if you're conscious of Christ, seven days a week is not enough to gather. 24 hours a day is not enough. It's not enough. Religion doesn't have any answer. It just takes. It doesn't give. Religion. It's not designed to give. It's not designed to supply any need. It just takes. So after a while, you're burnt out and there's no refreshing. So you must be Christ conscious in your understanding. So we've gone through it. I don't, I don't have time to go through a synopsis. Awesome. Okay, so today's part 22. We're going to the 12th hallmark of the Christ conscious believer. And that is that the Christ conscious believer understands and does not despise the local church. I warned you. Understands and does not despise the local church. I'll be rehashing things that we have dealt with in that series, Unpacking the Honor Code. Remember that series, Unpacking the Honor Code. I'll be rehashing things that I taught you in our DSTP program. Yeah, the, 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 that whole module on the church, understanding the church, the universal church, the church in geographic locations, and the local church, right? We're running through all of that. So if you haven't listened to those teachings, about, even if you have, go back and listen to them again. Understanding this gospel and, of course, our DSTP um, teachings, which should be on the DSTP group page if you go far back enough. Okay? The Christ Conscious Believer, which is our 12th hallmark, understands and does not despise the local church. And somebody will wonder why this is important in our teaching. You know, you know, I'm sure you know there's a wave of people that have arisen with new creation realities, with hyper-grace tags, with whatever that have begun to distort the right division of God's word. Especially with emphasis on the importance of the local church. 
right? Jesus said, I will build my church. I, Jesus, will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that means there's one church. Right? One church. Ephesians 5.23. Man is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. If he's the head of the church, the church is the body of the head. Does that make sense? And, and so we have a bunch of people that let you know, they tell you things like, know God for yourself. Yes, amen to that. You can sit in your house and just, just worship the Lord. You know, amen to that. But not at the expense of or in substitution for the local church. How many of you have handled fake currency before? Yeah, fake, fake money. How many of you have spent fake money before? How many of you have bought something you were convinced was original before? Emma, do you remember Malaysia, those days? There's one Malaysia you buy. If you do full, full, you can't breathe. How many of you have bought makeup or foundation that you put on your face and your face broke out? I knew all the sisters who raised their hand. Even James raised his hand. <laughs> so we have all had encounters with counterfeit. How many of you stopped using makeup after that one that was fake? No, you got that money. You packed the fake one that was new. The moment you reacted to it, you put it aside. You went out again and bought another one. You are here, you have stopped using money because you cannot deal with counterfeit. Raise your hand. You are totally cashless. You know, you buy, you trade by barter. Hmm. So rather than being put off by your encounters of the counterfeit kind, you, you were unconsciously, surreptitiously enforced in your understanding that for every counterfeit there's an original. In fact, the reason why the counterfeit exists in the first place is because there's an original that it's trying to counter. It is therefore a danger in your walk with God to abuse and foreclose what is true because of what is false. You don't do it in your life. You don't do it in your business. You don't do it with your food. Don't do it with your faith. You see why our work with God is really practical? Don't do it with your faith. Ah, church has burnt me. Church has burnt me. Gas has burnt you. A man has burnt you. A sister has burnt you. You've had a nasty experience in a taxi. You have not stopped waking up in the morning and entering a taxi without even praying about it. Why then would you foreclose the integrity of your faith in God through Christ because of a bad experience? So the, the institution of the church is under attack because it has been bastardized. It has been bastardized because a church exists. What is good for the goose? Are you following me? Oh, I will not deal with pastors again. If you know how pastors have used my eye to see, have you changed father because of what your father did to you? Every attempt at ridiculing something is because there's a reality. There's a, an original. There is the true rendition of that thing. That's what inspires the counterfeit. 
So a Christ-conscious believer cannot despise the importance of the local church because you understand what the local church is about. What is the church? We have a defined in our DSTP program that the church is simply the assemblage of all believers. All believers. Dead and alive is the church. The church of the firstborn. Right? The assemblage or the community of believers. We looked at a few words earlier in, our, in the series. We looked at the words ecclesia. We looked at the words kuriakos, if you're part of DSTP. And we established that ecclesia is a compound word which... It's a, a function of two words, ek and kaleo, right? Out of and to call, right? Ek, out of, like to exhume something, to exhale, that, that prefix, ek. And kaleo, which means to call out. So that's where you get the phrase that the ecclesia is the called out once. Make sense? Okay. So it's, it's, ek, ecclesia will mean an assembly of people. Right? An assembly of people who have been called out for a particular purpose. And I remember telling you guys that the, in, the, in the Greek Senate, the Roman Senate, this, the Senate of the Roman uh, parliamentarians was called an ecclesia. Yeah, it was the decision-making body, highest decision-making body in any kingdom or any political domain. So when the church is called an ecclesia, what does that tell you already? That the church should control what goes down. Because it's the, pillar, it's the pillar and ground of truth. It is the, 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 the model or the organ through which God reveals the manifold wisdom and power of God to principalities and powers. Church. So the fact that it's been watered down and the fact that it's been, been abused does not mean she does not exist. And we will not be said to be, re, to be responsible believers, responsible sons of God, if we shut down the entire doctrine of the church because of what it has become. No, instead we are bold enough to stand up and be counted and say we are returning the church to the one that died for it. Straighten it out the way he died for it to be. So I'm a church boy. No, I'm a church boy. There's no level of revelation that can make me repent from being a church boy. In the Old Testament, did they pray? Did they pray? Did they pray? In the New Testament, do we pray? What changed? Your approach. You, you, you pray differently in the New Testament because of the dispensational change. Make sense? In the Old Testament, did they worship? Did they worship? In the New Testament, do we worship? What changed? Because now we worship in Christ Jesus. They didn't worship. They worshiped God. They didn't even have Father. They worshiped God. Adonai Elohim. They had no relationship in that sense. So people in that era, was, when, when anybody found favor with God, it was said that they found grace. It was a rarity. Does that make sense? But we are called into grace. We are saved by grace. We're not looking for it. That's how we came in. So we worship, but we worship differently. Our approach is different. Therefore, through him, Hebrews 13, let us now come boldly through him. They didn't have a him to come through. But we come through him. Does that make sense? They worshiped, we worship. They worshiped on a mountain. We worship in a person. 
because we worship in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We worship in spirit. We worship in truth. Make sense? So we don't, a, a Christ conscious believer understands that you can't outgrow being a church boy or church girl. Because to do that is to, mean, is to establish that you have risen above the entire body of Christ. And there's no amount of revelation, sir, that will bring you to the point where you are only you by yourself are a church. It's the assembly of believers. It's like one senator getting up and saying, I don't need national assembly. You know? I can just call a, a consultancy meeting in my office and determine how Nigeria should run its budget. I'm a senator now. I have... Are you following me? It's the assembly of all believers. It's a governmental term, right? We taught you that the word ecclesia appears about 115 times in the New Testament. Each time it's translated church. In three instances, it's translated assembly. Like, nothing to do with church. In those instances, Acts 19.32, you know, some... The three instances where the word ecclesia does not translate to church. Are we in Word on Life tonight? Acts 19... 32. Let me go from 28 for context. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the officials. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him, pleading that he would now not venture into the theater. 32. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. The word assembly there is the word ecclesia. And in this context, it wasn't referring to church. Does that make sense? Go further down to verse 39. Acts 19.39. The same thing, you know, they are trying to sort out the issue and then the, the, the city clerk is addressing the, the crowd. And in verse 39, it says, but if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. That wasn't referring to church. Make sense? Acts 19.41. So just two verses down. Um, let's just go from verse 40. We are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering 41 and when he had said these things he dismissed the assembly the word there is the word ecclesia but it doesn't refer to church those are the three exceptions all right in the new testament that the word ecclesia does not refer to church in all the other instances it refers to the gathering of believers okay awesome let's go on so we also looked at another word the word was kuriakos and i told you that that's the original greek word um, that over time with language changing etymology, you remember, changing, came to be known as the word church in English, even though the original word for church is the word ecclesia. But over time, it became to be known as the word church from the word, from the Scottish word kirch, right? K-I-R-C-H-E. And it means a gathering, a congregation, an activity pertaining to the Lord, right? That's the, that's the definition in the Greek. Okay, so it's, an, it's a coming together of, a believer, of the believers in a particular location. We gave an, uh, a description or, or a definition that I want to put out there. That the Ecclesia is an all-time, anybody remembers that? 
autonomous, self-sufficient community or assemblage of believers in Jesus Christ and his finished work, right? Who act or who are an expression of God's kingdom in the earth, dominating all spheres of influence, all right? All time separate, autonomous, self-sufficient community or assemblage of believers in Jesus Christ and his finished work who are an expression of his kingdom in the earth, dominating all spheres of influence. I wrote here, the church of Jesus Christ is the vehicle for dispensing the kingdom in the earth. The church of Jesus is not an end in itself, it's a means to an end. The church of Jesus Christ is the vehicle for what? Dispensing the kingdom of God in the earth. In other words, the church is how the earth becomes his kingdom. Are you following me? The church. Not the service. Not the praising and worshipping. Not the praying and fasting. Not the seeds and tithes and abstinence thereof. The governmental structure and authority of the church is how the kingdom comes about. Are you following me? Because the church is not defined by what it does. It's defined by who she is. Make sense? Church is not defined by where they go and shout and call Jesus. That noise is too much. It's too much. The church is defined by who she is as Christ instituted her to be. That's why Jesus is exalted above all things for the sake of the church. Can you imagine that? The reason why he was exalted. Ephesians chapter 1. Am I in word and life tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. Are we there? Only three people answered. Yes. And he put all things under his feet. That's Jesus. Yeah? And gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church or for the benefit of the church which is his body you see that the church is his body the fullness of him who feels all in all the church the fullness of him who feels all in all and else he says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with itself. Fills all things with itself. The church, therefore, is not defined by its gatherings, its activities, and its assets. We said this in the SCP. The church is defined by its power, its purpose, and its government. The church is defined by its power, its purpose, its government. Not its gatherings, activities, or assets. But its power, its purpose, and its government. Are we together? The gathering of the saints together in purpose, not in activity. Holy Spirit, help me tonight. We are not church because we gather. We are church because or when we gather in purpose. When we gather in the understanding of why we gather. So there's no church 
in a gathering of believers in the absence of the understanding of why we gathered. And that's the problem. So we have a lot of denominations, a lot of people doing stuff with no understanding of why. There's folks that can't even explain to you why you start your meeting with opening prayer and why you end with the grace. That's how lost believers are. Why? Why? And they look at us and go, we are, you are attacking the institution of the church. No, we are dealing with the institution of religion. Religion. The church is church. Do you understand? The original is the original. Why must choir sing before pastor preach? Why must there be choir? Why? Why must you have an offering basket in front? I hate it. It's idolatry. If you will not give an offering to support the work of God in the church, keep your money. Because that whole thing in front of you is to remind you, hey, 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 the bottom line of all this service, put it. Put it. Because that becomes the highlight of the service. Offering time. Offering time. Let's be honest. The highlight of every service, the highlight of the message, the the zenith of it is let's collect. So why, why, why? I'm asking questions. Give me answers. Don't call me a heretic for nothing. Why? So the church gathers with no understanding of why she is the church in the first place. That's why all this paganism has come into it. Why? Why are we doing what we're doing? I told you last week about clapping hands. Somebody's coming down, somebody's going to ta 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 For what? I hate religion. That's not what Jesus died for. I love church. That is his body. Let's separate the noise from the news. Are you following me? Yeah. So it's not just gathering that makes us church. That tells you that not everybody answering church is the church. Because in the absence of the understanding of purpose, there's no legislature. There's no authority. Are you following me? Because one man will know that I'm speaking for two million of my constituents that if I don't speak for our lost and disadvantaged, he will behave himself. Yeah. Behave himself. So the reason why there's chaos in our parliament is because our people are void or devoid of purpose. Are you following me tonight? So purpose. So we gather in upper chambers and lower chambers and everything in the natural is an outplay of what is happening in the spiritual. So charlatans hold sway because people do not understand purpose. If you understand what you're gathered for, you're about to read a bill that passes something into law that deals with something. The amount of reverence that will fall upon that room when somebody's presenting a bill, you won't ever shut anybody up. You won't ever start to make noise and start to create a ruckus and shut somebody down. Because his people sent him there. If he doesn't speak for them, they are lost. But no. What are you there for? Wardrobe allowance. Newspaper allowance. Hardship allowance. Furniture allowance. Entertainment allowance. Basic salary then per diem for traveling all over the world. They love to travel because what they can make in one trip is their salary for a whole year. 
Nigerian senators. A Nigerian senator earns more than an American president. A Nigerian senator. Go and check it. Go and check it. You're not there for the people. So you gather, but because it is purposeless, the nation does not feel its impact. And you gather as Christians or as believers, but because you gather out of purpose, it shifts nothing in the spiritual. Shifts nothing. Nothing changes. So it's not the gathering of people all over the world that is church. It's when they gather with purpose in view. Are you hearing me? So the problem is not church. The problem is how church has been understood or misunderstood. A servant. You're not a lord. You're a servant. And so it's when we gather in purpose that we are the church. Outside purpose, we are religious noisemakers. Outside purpose. Religious noisemakers. The gathering of saints together in purpose is the local church. Can somebody say that together? The gathering of the saints together in purpose is the local church. Yeah, gathering of saints in purpose. Not just gathering. Therefore, if you understand that this is the purpose of the local church, then you'll agree that to despise the local church, the church generally, to despise the church is to despise her head. I'm sure you know in this house, I like to teach using natural illustrations. If you come and touch my wife, you are dead. And the church say, yeah. no, I would have finished doing something to you before I remember that the Lord forgive me for it. I'm just telling you. You see, men that defend their wives don't defend their wives from power. They defend their wives from stake. This is me. If you disrespected her, you disrespected me. A man who ordinarily cannot do anything will suddenly come alive when it's time to defend his business. Just like that same woman you see who is very quiet. Touch her children. That's the day you will know that a chicken can be a lion. Have you seen a chicken fight? When you touch or try to come near her cheeks. Chicken, chicken. You will see chicken with fangs. Has anybody encountered an angry female chicken? You have left the chicken or the chicken has not left you. Chicken is wanting to stay. Next time you see me. Cross that way. May you not encounter one. No, there's nothing... Please, nobody has met a pissed female chicken with her cheeks. Because if we say dog, you say, well, it's dog. I'm talking chicken. That's when you know that chicken has aggression. They will flare up the, the hair, the feathers on them stand, and they get angry. Don't touch. And that is how God is with you. That's how God is with you. Why ain't nobody messing with you? Apple of eye. Apple, not the eye, not just the eye, you're the apple, that one, that black inside. So God is standing and somebody will now come and come and poke in his eye. How? That's you. Put you in his eye as the apple, tattooed you on the palm of his hand. So even if he woke, woke, woke up and wants to forget, you, the permanent tattoo. 
You touch a man's wife, the man comes alive. You touch a woman's children, hey, you will hear her voice from the end of the street. Even when she knows that her children were the ones at fault. She, if you're like a mother like mine, do not take you in and beat the crap out of you and tell you, close your mouth if I hear. Then we hear outside that she has destroyed your bum bum. But outside, she will shout and rake at the person trying to tamper with her children. Ephesians 5.22. You will get it now. Are there any Christ-conscious believers in this place? Yeah. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 23. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of of the church. He is the savior of the body. So to mess with the church is to mess with the husband. Yes. To insult the church, sir, is to insult her husband. Please, don't mess with a woman's husband. There are things that we don't even need to do. There are things we don't need to pray as the church. Our husband will look after it. We didn't marry ourselves. He married us. I don't spend my time praying about some things. Father, arise! No, no, sit. Don't arise. Let them come and poke hand into your apple of your eye. If you have it so, what's my business? You're my husband. Father, wake up! No, 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 don't wake. Sleep. Because as a, as a son of God, you are either in rest or you're not. And a son of God in rest doesn't look after or chase after the things that somebody who is at war is chasing after. Believers were not called into a war to fight. They were called into a war he won. And thanks be to God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, who always, Corinthians 2, 14, causes us to triumph. Not just triumph, but through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. He had not died and he, and he told them, he said, in this world you have many troubles, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. He hadn't died. He hadn't died and he said, I have overcome. He didn't say, I will overcome shortly. He said, I have. And then he died and according to Colossians 2, spoiled. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, made an open show. Message say he marched them naked in the street. Naked. Naked. Have you seen those, those, those languages? I wish, ah, uh, man. You guys fall in love with studying God's word. Fall in love with understanding the nomenclature, the textual, the contextual setting of God's word. When Roman generals went to war, the Senate just sits down and, and agrees whether or not we need to go to war. Then they, once they agree that we need to go to war, we need to put money towards it. They're there in the safety of the walls of the city and then the generals take the army and go to war. So all they are getting back is a report from the field of how they are doing at the war front. Now when the battle is over, these guys march back in a victory procession. The general at the head of it. And then in, in like order, and all the soldiers beating and carrying all the spoils of war Trailing at the end of that procession is a long daisy chain of slaves, mostly naked. By the time we are getting from throwing petals at the soldiers and all that to get into the slaves, they are throwing rotting food at them. They are throwing rotting food at them. They are, they are, they are, they are spitting 
at them. They are pouring dirty water on them. They are booing them. The dynamics changes from when the victor passes to when the vanquished passes. That's the narrative that Paul uses to say that Christ leads us always in a triumphant procession. And through us diffuses the fragrance of knowledge. In other words, what Jesus is telling them in that procession, this is how I win, win, win. This is how I win. It's not your worship that won. Not your worship. It's not your worship. It's not your singing that is winning. It's his sacrifice that won. So he's heading that procession triumphantly and proudly. At the end of that procession was Satan and all his cohorts naked. People are just throwing stones at them, throwing dead fruits at them. Now, how did that person who was bastardized, messed up, shattered, battered, tattered, how did he manage to get enough power to come and press you in the night? To the point where you now run to me to pray for you for deliverance. To the point where the church now can stand audaciously and preach to justify that a believer can be possessed of devils. And therefore justify the ministry of deliverance. Made an open show of them. That was the analogy Paul used. Made an, he so embarrassed the devil he had no place to hide his head. How come he has become powerful in your, your life? But the church has learned to gather without purpose. That's why. Because the devil only exploits whatever loophole you give him. He has no power. He was stripped of it. He was stripped of it. He might have been powerful before as the prince of this world. At the conquest, he was at the end of the food chain. Naked. Naked. Look at the gestive, mocking sound nomenclature of what Jesus says. Oh, death, where is the sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? That's the tonation with which it was said. Death, what can you do now? What can you do? Grave, what can you do? Nothing. You ain't got nothing on me. That's what it means when it says if the princes of this world had known. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. He was messed up. So I don't pay attention to his slave in my day-to-day -day life. Spend a wake up. Some of us now Christians now pray to Satan. Satan, listen to me. Satan, in the name of Jesus. Satan, pack your load and go. Satan, in the name of Jesus. I, where do you see? Show me one instance in your Bible where anybody prayed to Satan. Satan, listen to me. Satan, hear the voice of the Lord. Catch fire. And you pray for him to fall and die and tomorrow is alive. You have to pray again. And then he waxes strong based on your ignorance. It's a defeated foe. You don't spend time being afraid of Satan. Satan. We are praying and then we now turn around. In the prayer to not deal with Satan that has been dealt with. If everybody was up for devouring, Satan would not need to seek for who to devour. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
he will just be going around devouring. The reason why he's seeking for whom to devour is because not everybody is on the menu. Some of us are indevorable. We are not on your menu. Keep seeking. If everybody was liable to the devil's devouring, he would not need to seek. No, he has to seek because he looks, ah, this one is nice, I can't touch her. Oh, that one, oh, that one, they know, I can't do them. Oh, that one, ooh, they know where I'm coming from, I can't touch them. So let me seek for who I cannot, no, not all of us are on the menu, sir. No, 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 that's why he's seeking. Not all of us are on the menu. No, so he keeps seeking. Keep seeking. So we gather, and there's no power. But when we understand the purpose of how we are the church, my God, you won't despise it. Because when you touch the wife, the husband will wake up. So once you understand your place, you just enter rest. Is anybody following me tonight? Just enter rest. Now, if you are in that rest, because you understand that you are in the church, you yourself will now not, now not be the one to look for the trouble of the husband by messing with the wife. See, that's why the church is fighting themselves. Because we have no understanding. Why will I get up deliberately to hurt Abigail when together we are the body of Christ? Why will I be owing somebody money and be all stuck up about it? My friend, it's not money. Are you the first person they are owing money? Are you the first person? So because I'm owing you money now, I cannot, I cannot smile. The honor code starts to kick in because you understand that to mess with your brother is to mess with the part of the wife of Jesus. Are you following me tonight? Yeah. To mess with your sister is to mess with the part of the wife of Jesus. And you don't want that. Because the kingdom divides against itself. You cannot stand. So to despise the church is to despise her head. Because you cannot disrespect a wife and be cool with the husband. The moment you step there, we became enemies. Eh, it's not like here and the wife. That's not your business. It's not, I just, that's not your business. We, 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 and instant enemies. I will so flip on you, you won't see it coming. Do you understand? It's not negotiation. You know, somebody's beef. No, I will, I will recalibrate my relationship with you based on how you deal with my spouse. So once you understand that, then why are you going to do that to Jesus' wife? You are careful. You are deliberate. Because this is Jesus' wife. You won't despise the church. It is things like this that cure your habit of late coming. We dealt with this in the honor code. You just come into church. Everybody's gathered. You're just strolling. Why does that happen? Because it is clear that you cannot despise the ecclesia. What then makes you feel a son of God that you can just walk in where the ecclesia is gathered if they are gathered in purpose and if you understand purpose? Can you see the problem? Can you see how you are part of the problem? Come on, talk to me. Let's be honest. Can you see what we're teaching? What we're teaching? Because once you understand that, you... Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, 15. 
I believe it is. Are we doing okay? Yes, First Timothy 3. Let's go from 14. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, right? I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Let's see the NLT. That you may know how to do what? Conduct yourselves. So that if I'm delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the house of God. Give me the TPT. But if I'm delayed in coming, you'll already have these instructions on how to conduct the affairs of the church of the living God, his very household, and the supporting pillar and firm foundation of the truth. The message. You will know how things ought to go in God's household. This God alive church, bastion of truth. So there is a conduct expected of one who is conscious of Christ in the church that he died to institute. You're quiet now. Is it in your Bible? In the New Testament? Paul wrote it. You can't pick and choose. So you ought to know, you ought to know how you ought to conduct yourselves. There's certain mannerisms, there's certain, while they're not part of behavioral modification, you would know if you have received Jesus' sense that I cannot be like this. I cannot dress like this. You don't need anybody to tell you. I cannot talk like this. I cannot chew gum like this. Why? Because you understand that you're in the gathering of the bride of Christ. You understand that what you do, your posture, your comportment, your presentation has an effect on the ecclesia. Once you understand that, selfishness dies a natural death. Self-consciousness dies a natural death. Self-centeredness dies a natural death. Malice and all the things that the church is falling over themselves just die. Because you understand, hey, we are together, the bride of Christ. We're together. You can't despise the church. You can't. Let's go on. Are you getting this? I wrote here as well, no single individual is the church of Christ. I put it on Facebook just before we started. No matter how spiritual, no matter how woke, no single person is the body of Christ. It is together that we are the church. Apart, you are a son, but you are not in the church. Do you understand? We dealt with this in the STP, right? You're a son of God. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> but you're not in the church. If you're not in the church, then you're missing out on the dispensing of the kingdom. You're missing out. The church is the organ for the dispensing of the kingdom. Are we getting this? It is the organ for the dispensing of the kingdom. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 and 2. Are we there? Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. If you have a King James or New King James, you will see that to be are in italics. You see that? What does that mean? That it was not there 
in the original manuscript. So let's read now. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints, with all who, look at that, I said that in First Timothy earlier, all who were in every place, call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs, their Lord and ours. That's beautiful. Now please look up. Corinthian church. In fact, that you can even call them church. <laughs> Saints. Then I should now fear for my own salvation. Corinthians. Have you read their CV? Oh. Corinthians. A man, first of all, was for you to have a concubine, you must have a wife. You cannot be said to have a concubine if you don't have a wife. At, at best, you are betrothed to that person. Should not be called your concubine. A man is married, then has concubine. The man and the concubine are in church. Then his son is now coming and drinking juice with the concubine. The son too is in church. Saints. You shouldn't even be called church. How much more? Saints. You gather to eat the Lord's Supper. Paul told them, he said, first, let's go, first, first Corinthians 11. <laughs> first Corinthians 11. <laughs> Read 17. Give me NLT. I need a modern translation. First Corinthians 11, 17. But in the following instructions, I cannot praise you for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. <laughs> Give us a message. <laughs> Stay in that same one verse. Regarding this next item in his letter, I'm not pleased at all. I'm getting the picture that when you meet together, go on, it brings out your worst side. Instead of your best. TPT. Now on this next matter, I wish I could commend you. But I cannot. Because when you meet together as a church family, it is doing more harm than good. See, yeah, what about the house? Better things are spoken concerning. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, see, I don't even want to come to you now. Because of the way I'm vexing for you. It will not help you if I come. It's in your Bible. I don't want to come to you again in grief. That's what he said. That means he had come before and he was pained. He left. He's still hearing reports. He wrote and wrote and wrote. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm not coming. And we don't have any record of him going back. That's how much in turmoil Paul was. Because when you... Verse 18... First Corinthians 11, 18. For first of all, when you come together as a church, go on, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. In other words, I know you, it's not Corinth. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized. In other words, those who are really sons of God, who those who are following the culture of the kingdom. This gives them the opportunity to shine in the midst of all the nonsense. And then he goes on talking about how when you gather to have the Lord's Supper, which Jesus says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. 
he said, when you gather, some of you who do not wait for others to eat, and some of you are drunk. Kai. I mean, it's bad enough to come from your house drunk. Do you understand? But to now gather as church. Hmm? Hold on, wait for me. I'm the one preaching. We now bring communion wine. <laughs> you now thunder. <laughs> Shark the lost blood till you high. The blood. He said, drink and remember me. You drank and forgot him. <laughs> now while Caleb and Co are getting drunk, <laughs> on, other people are eating quickly. So they will be left quick. Do you understand? Before the people in the back will get to their turn. Let me. Saints. We survived that one. Now by chapter 12, the church is plastered. You know, people are high, people are drunk. Inside the drunkenness, because they gathered to eat. In chapter 12, they gathered to manifest spirituals. You are drunk. Holy Ghost is still moving. Stay with me. By chapter 11, you thought about hair. Cover hair, don't cover hair. Cover hair, don't cover hair. Everybody's prophesy by chapter 12. Everybody's plastered. Everybody's drunk. And the Holy Spirit is still moving freely. Paul never accused the Corinthian church in chapter 12 of prophesying in the flesh. He never accused them of speaking in an unknown tongue in the flesh. He didn't indicate that it was ungodly what they were manifesting. What was the issue? Abigail, stand, stand up. Start quoting any scripture that you know. Loudly. Yeah, that's loud, loud enough. Of young, stand up. Continue. Uh-huh. You two, start your own. Blessing, stand up and start prophesying. Don't stop. Stand up. Shh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Charlie, stand up and start prophesying ethic. Epic, epic. Victoria, stand up and start shouting like you're manifesting, like you know, Holy Spirit is doing you. Go on. Just be screaming. Ah! Glory, stand up and start speaking in tongues. Like ta 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 ta. Quiet. Everybody listen. This was what was happening in the Corinthian church. Now look at the funny thing. What Ophion was doing was by the Spirit. What Abigail was doing was by the Spirit. Blessing, same Spirit. Victoria, same Spirit. Glory, same Spirit. Charlie, same Spirit. There was no indication that there was many familiar Spirit. The same Spirit was working all in all. From a church that got up from eating, fighting, and being plastered. By the way, plaster is, an, is a British acronym for being so high that you don't know what's happening anymore. So what does Paul start to say? He said, ah, let somebody prophesy and let other people interpret. He goes into chapter 14 and verse 40. Let all things be done decently 
and in order. That's what that's, it, was in the, it was in this context that he said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So everybody sit. Abigail, stand. Everybody else, sit. Sit. Everybody else, sit. 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 Abigail starts to speak. Go on. Start to speak. Go. Start speaking again. And don't stop. And there is something bubbling in of young spirit. But because he understands that I'm in the gathering of the church, I cannot cut off somebody else's ministry in order to do my own. So he disciplines himself and he waits for the right time to release what also the spirit of God is dealing with him about. That's how you know, thank you, that the church is working in purpose. And I've told you that my dream is that we will come for Christ experience and there's no moderator and no two sons of God will clash because we're so tuned to the spirit that you know that right after Ophion is where I should speak. And even when you thought it was after Ophion, you realize, hold up, it feels like there's something else that should transition between Ophion and me. Holy Spirit, let that person manifest. You now start to pray for that other person, whoever the person is, to release what will bridge Ophion and you. You are so dead to self. You are so dead to flesh. You are so dead to religion. You are so dead to pride that the church begins to manifest by the measure that every joint supplies. That's when you're the church. And you will even receive something and you are itching to go and like it's a pan. The Lord will tell you, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Like a ball that you're bouncing. You know, waiting for that penalty. He's telling you, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. And then, once it's time for you to go, there's somebody else that can catch the ball when you throw it and slam dunk it into the net. Job done. So much more gets done when nobody cares who got the credit and wonders about who got the glory. Focus on who gets the glory. Forget about who gets the credit. It doesn't have to reflect on you. You then learn that everybody, every joint is important. I talked about this a few weeks ago. The bits that, that nobody sees are the ones that get more attention. Paul, Paul said that. Nobody sees your behind. Nobody ever sees your enos. But you have never ever, hopefully, used your enos without wiping it. Hopefully. We live in perilous times, people. <laughs> if you're not laughing right now, you're not in this church. No matter what happens, no, you have been so in a hurry. You did it. You posted some letters. <laughs> you now got up. Say, I'm in a hurry. Church time. Raise your hand. No time. No dolly. No dolly. No dolly. No. Some of you have lost face towels in this business, handkerchiefs in this business, scarves in this business. I know what I'm talking about. Boxers in this business. I know what I'm talking about. You look at it, what can I do without? What, what? What can I wash away my... Mm. <laughs> and you walk away, something has to go. Something to redeem yourself. No. And Paul writes and he says, the bits that nobody sees are nicely looked after. Even though they're the bits that are least honorable. 
Why then would you then come and see somebody in church as less than you and disrespect them? When you don't disrespect your anos that nobody sees. And nobody says to you, come, oh, I love you so much. Can you turn around? I just want to take in the fragrance of your anos. Nobody does that. Yet, you look after it. Nobody's going there. The sun don't shine there. But you keep it nice and crisp. Why then would you disrespect somebody in church because they are cleaning the toilet? Because they don't speak as fast as you. Because they don't have all the words together the way that you do. Because they don't look as fine by your stupid human parameters as you think they should. Because they're not as, as polished. As you. So you disrespect people and you cannot love as a Christ standard. You love as an Eros standard. As a Phileo standard. You disrespect the body and you therefore disrespect their husband. So you see, over time I have trained myself to understand that everybody Christ died for is deserving of my love. We don't put people down. We don't. We don't discriminate. Grace didn't. If we are products of grace, neither should we discriminate. People have different expressions. Same spirit working all in all. That's what Paul says. He goes on and starts to call even gifts of administrations. The person who has administrations might never teach in church. But they are no less gifted than the person that has the gift of prophecy. The person who has a gift of prophecy might be so loud and so whatever and all of that. But is no less gifted than somebody who has the gift of faith. And that faith might be the faith that is even causing you to prophesy. You don't know. There's somebody who comes and sits in a word and life meeting who has undergirded that meeting in prayer. And you come and you prophesy. You don't know that what you are riding on is what somebody has believed God for. For that meeting. Because if God moved, somebody prayed. I'm telling you. Somebody said, Father, my expectations are on the line for tonight. Father, release a word tonight. Father, let the atmosphere be conducive. I pray that prayer every time. Those of you are close to me know. I pray that prayer all the time. Every time, Father, I render the atmosphere conducive for the teaching of the word. I render the atmosphere conducive for the praise and worship of Jesus. I render the atmosphere conducive that Christ is on display. I rest every contrary culture. Conform it to the culture of the kingdom. I pray it every time. Every time. As you gather, there are people that come with some things in their spirit, in their psyche, that can literally blind you. You come up to speak and you will sense the weight. Yes, 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 yes. You come up to sing, to lead praise worship. And you know that nothing is shifting. Nothing is shifting. And so we exert kingdom authority before we show up. So if we show up and the, and the atmosphere is smooth and everything. Yeah, somebody prayed. You know me by now. If it's not working, what do I do? We stop it and we start to pray. More sessions, same thing. There are some dark days. You just come in and nothing's coming together. The music is not working. The guys are playing. Your own guys, oh, saints. People are singing. They're distracted. And I can, once I sense it, I'm like, okay, oh, you know what? Shut it down. Everybody pray in the spirit. And until we shift that cloud, sir, we don't continue service. We've done it here. 
So somebody has the gift to believe God for the supernatural and they pray and they come and you're prophesying. But because they don't, they're not active or vocal in church, you despise them. Because you don't have CCTV in their house to see what they're doing to undergird the spiritual health of the church. You won't despise on anybody. How much more use their weakness against them? If you're Christ conscious. Uh-uh. You won't. You won't play anybody's weakness against them. As a pastor, some of you don't know that as your pastor, I know you more than you think I do. Some of you have no clue. You did something outside. You thought it's outside. It's on my desk in an A4 sheet in a file. Or else I am not your pastor. And somebody will come and say, I came to report your son to you. I say, please, 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 before you continue, just know that not everybody that, that says they are my son <laughs> is my son. But the, as far as person is concerned, I've seen them with you. They're your son. They did this, they said that, they did the other. What do we do? Dispense the grace of God the same way we have received. And you have no clue. Because you know who you are? Saint. In spite of you. The you you think nobody knows. Saint. Except Jesus did not die. Except his blood was not shed. Or except you did not believe. Saint. We love and respect you as you are. That's why the wrongest place to try and pretend is in this place. Don't deceive yourself. Why? Because you, like this, as you are like this, are the full, complete, bona fide righteousness of God in Christ. You just need to grow into it. That's why when you were two years old and they started buying you your first pair of shoes, they bought you one that was three sizes ahead. Be packing it. Who knows what I'm talking about? Did anybody go to school with a school uniform that, that was big enough to sew another one? Because your mother quickly calculated the mathematics. Ah, the way you are growing like a guinea fowl. By next term, we need to sew you another uniform. Buy you another cortina. Do you know how much was cortina at that time? You wear that one cortina from primary two to primary four. Yeah. You're, we buy it with enough. Your toes are keeping straight up malice with the end of your shoe. Do you understand what I'm saying? The malice is two inches thick. They don't see eye to eye. Over time, you start to grow into the shoes. And next thing you know, you are grown out of the shoes. And guess who gets offended? The same mother that bought it for you oversized. She bought it for you oversized so that you will wear it and you become your size. And you're wearing it and outgrowing it still takes her by surprise. Is it just me? It's now tight. The first time you tell your mom, she won't believe you. No. What about I saying? What are you saying? Push your leg in there. Push your leg. Push your leg in there. Your mother will look. She'll say, because rain fell yesterday. The weather, your body have, will contract. <laughs> Second time you wear it, they'll be like, hey, how can I be saying? You are eating too much. I'll be giving you less. And then, mommy, it's not eating tight. She was like, come here, come here, one Sunday morning, come here. Now carry the leg. Please, who, am I the only one that had the kind of mother I had? Carry the leg. Put, hey, 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 should not call your father. Come and see your child, though. 
Shoe that I bought yesterday, three years ago. Shoe that I bought yesterday. See now, what are we feeding this child? What are we feeding this child? That's how your father, very soon, will call Jesus, JJ! Come and see your younger sister. When did you save her? See now, she is so grown. And she's so full like you. Yesterday, 2000 and something years ago, as soon as yesterday, I just saw you on the cross when, when I turned my face away from you. And by the way, Jesus, you looked ugly on the cross, but that's not the point. The point, the point is, you know, but having said that, though, you know, I mean, and then you all this see, anyway, that's not the point. The point is that I see goodness now, and all of a sudden, I'm looking, I can't even see the difference. Things that she was struggling with. She's no longer struggling with them. Because the blood contained all your inadequacies paid for. Oh! It's big enough to cover you until you grow into the day of the Lord. It's big enough. You, know, you are struggling with it because when you wore it, when you say I believe, you, wore it, you don't know how to walk. And so guess what you did one time when you didn't understand how you removed it? Who am I talking to? You removed it. These shoes are too big. They're not comfortable. And then you walked barefoot and something, something pricked you. You fell into some stupid relationship with some guy. You, you, you fell into something you should not have fallen into because you took off your protection or, or, or you thought you did. And then he hurt you and then you realize, ah, I know. It turns out that my shoe, even if it's not my size, has a protective layer after all. You know what? I'm going to wear my shoes again. And then you wear your shoes again. I am the son of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And then the person that hurt you, the person that you did that nonsense with, is looking at you like, hey, you. Nah, not you. And you're like, yes, I am. And after a while again, you hear some stupid voices and you go, yeah, yeah, I'll remove it again. It's not, it's not working. The way they, they, they're looking at me funny. And then you take it off and you try. But it is there. It is yours. It's yours. It's yours. Wearing long enough, you are growing into it. You are stumbling. You are wearing something. That's why when you are walking up the stairs with a long dress, you lift it up. So you don't trip on it. Sometimes you can trip on the grace of God upon your life. Sometimes you can trip on the righteousness of God that you are in Christ. Sometimes, sometimes you, can, you can stumble because it is a lot. If anybody understood the grace of God, they will understand that they insult it and make it little by calling it hyper grace. Hyper grace is not big enough. To qualify the grace of God that abounds much more where sin abounds. Hyper grace. You're insulting grace. It teaches you. It's a process. It teaches. It teaches you to flee ungodly lust. And one day you wake up and realize, I'm not struggling with this anymore. And you drop it. I'm not struggling with that anymore. And you drop it. I'm not struggling with that anymore. And you drop it. And therefore you cannot despise your brother on account of where you know they are. I feel like I'm preaching now. You cannot despise your brother because of where you know they are. You look at them and they're praying in the spirit and they're saying to you, the Lord said to me something like you, 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 you that was fighting with me yesterday. You begin to treat each other based on yesterday's squabble. 
So when somebody's, you guys are together and somebody's praying in the spirit, you're like, ah, nah, 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 nah. Not you. Not you that I saw being angry yesterday. Not you. Now I ain't going to respect you. How can you be my pastor? You. <laughs> now you say the Lord is saying. So people are manifesting the fullness of the spirit and you are walking in resistance because you are holding them according to their weakness. Defining them how the cross doesn't. That's what keeps me coming back to love over and over and over and over again. No matter how much you will hurt me, Christ doesn't see you like that. I have to discipline myself to see you the way he sees you. If in spite of how I feel about you, you're cool with God, I am under obligation to be cool with you. If in spite of how much you have offended me, God is not mad at you. I can't stay mad at you for long. It has to fade away. Because together we are the church. That's why we come together. That's why Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints as is the manner of some. The God says that in Acts 2 you see, in Acts 4 you see that they continue daily, house to house, place to place, in the tabernacle, breaking bread, fellowshipping, prayer, and studying the word. It's together. We strengthen each other. Remember that from DSTP? You don't despise the local church. And you don't let the nonsense that is being said on social media start to sway you. Most people that are attacking the local church either do not understand it or have been burned by their version of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, and we can tell you. So if you are talking about being angry or being wounded by church, uh, you need to pay to attend our seminar just to tell you what church has done to us. So if we are going to operate from pain, we will not even be here. We would hate this whole thing. Because all it did was take. But some of us are the kind of pastors we are to you because of the kind of pastors we do not have. Some of us are the kind of fathers we are to you. The kind of ownershipers we are to you because of the kinds we do not have. So people that are ranting and attacking the institution of the church have either been bruised by it or are ignorant of its purpose. They are aware of it as far as kuriakos is concerned. As far as just gathering and noise and activities are concerned. But that is not the purpose of the church. That's not the purpose of the church. That's not the purpose of the church. So you have, you have to be careful who you listen to. And your, your Christ experience is not complete in the absence of your planting in a local church. I didn't say in a denomination. In a local church. An assemblage, an expression of the universal church. You know, it's one church expressed in different local churches. Remember that? It's a universal church. You will not disregard it another day in your life. You will not take a gathering of the saints lightly. Ever. You'll be, you'll be excited when it's time to gather. Oh, for me, it's exciting. Not exciting for the carnal reasons. But just the fact that we're going to gather together and we're going to release something that is dealing with generations. Listen, part of our mandate, I've said it over and over, we need to get, teach this gospel to the point where the way we were born into religion, some of our children have to be born not knowing what religion is. That's the only day, that's the only time we're going to get this thing done. This generation now, they're late. 15, 16, 14, 20, oh, they're late. We need to give birth to a, a generation that will just grow up into Christ. Christ. 
once that generation grows up into Christ, you will never see, because we hid when we messed up, we're afraid to go home. A lot of you that hide your ills, it's not because you don't want to be accountable, because you're afraid that you'll be killed or you'll be judged. A lot of you that don't even talk to me do that for the same reason. You think, nah, you'll be so disappointed. But that's exactly what it is. You should go home when you messed up. That's where you're safe. Not with a friend who will tell you, yeah, life happens and cover you without strengthening you, without speaking into you, without instructing you and setting you straight. That's not helpful for you. We need kids that will grow up and once there's any mess up, they run home to daddy. Run home to mommy because they know I'm safe there. And they can only get there with the right understanding of who they are in God through Christ. Only. Only. The Christ conscious believer understands and does not despise the local church. You honor the local church. It's the wife of Jesus. You don't treat the person anyhow. You don't. You don't. You keep your word when you give it. The guys were driving home on, was it Sunday, Mayawa, that you guys called me from the police checkpoint? Sunday. As they left, they were going in the car. The police stopped them. The ladies were in the car. And they said they want to speak to the owner of the car. So they called me. I said, let them go. They said, ah, you keep your word. I said, what's your name? He told me his name. I said, go. I went there to the checkpoint. Reversed my car, parked the Honda, parked in the back of them. I said, I introduced myself. I said, as soon as the guy came, he said, oh, you're the pastor. I spoke to him. I said, yes. He said, I said, I came to keep my word. The man was in shock. He said, you're a true pastor. You, you keep your word. He kept saying that till I drove off. He keep your word. Because if I didn't go back, he would go, hey, pastors, and I saw all of them day. No, sir. There's a different breed. It's a different breed. I mean, it's not, it's not like he kept them there for me to come. I said, they're gone. Went back. He said, what's your name? I told him my full name. He won't forget. He won't forget. Because when you understand who and whose you are, you don't give a word you can't keep. Just because you got away with it. And these are the things that go up and store up for you, Macarios. You enter somewhere someday, and the person will hear the name, and that name will just ring all the bells it needs to ring. Because you gave your word and you kept it. Don't say, I'll be back if I'm not coming back. Don't take someone's number and say, I will call you if you have no plans to call them. I've told you over and over, sisters. Sisters are fond of giving consolation prize. You know, first prize, second prize, third prize, consolation prize. No, tell the, straight up, right? I, I mean, it's really nice of you to get in touch and everything, but I'm not up for that right now. You know, I wish you the very best. You don't have to be impolite. Oh, can I? Oh, yeah, he was disturbing me, so I gave him my number. Now he's disturbing me. Why wouldn't he disturb me when you gave him your number? What do you expect him to do? Frame the number and put it on his wall. Oh, I just thought, hey, if, I just, if, I, if I give my number, he will leave me alone. Uh, or there. <laughs> give them church number, 070-8881-8864. You don't have sense? Flash it. It's my other number to ring. Don't do consolation prize. Oh, oh, somebody asked to sleep with you. You said no. He says, can we not be friends? He said, yes. You stupid. So you think the guy has just forgotten? He's just happy. Oh, just like, oh, yeah. You don't want to do okay. We'll just be friends. Just be friends. I promise when I see you, I will not even think about you like that again. 
Because what you should do is, first of all, appraise what is coming on the basis of kingdom value. Is this a person that would have even, I would have even wanted to be my friend in the first place? In the first place, if not for the way you have met me in a cab or met me on the road, would we have gotten around to being friends? And most times the answer to that question is no. So why do you start something you can't sustain? Hey, it's not that deep. This doesn't have to lead to that. No. Somebody gave you a ride, then he became your family member. You don't have, you don't have sense. Is this helping you, church? Yeah, I have sense. If you get a ride, you can't even drop two streets before your house. Can I take your number? No, thank you very much. I'm not disposed to share my number at this time. It's a nice way to say no. If you don't know how to do it, watch small TV. Is it helping anybody? You don't know when to draw the line. Don't give anybody consolation prize. And you honor the church. Honor your brother. Honor your sister. Once you understand that, then we become safe in church. Sisters are safe with brothers. A sister has to know that you not just spring up and make some stupid move at her because she allowed you to hug her. We will not need to call relationship seminar to teach you how to behave yourself around a sister. And vice versa. You meet somebody for a need. They, they, they help you. You realize that they could help you. Amenities in church, that's the, that person that becomes the answer to you, all your prayers. Next time you have a problem, you don't pray. You remember the last person that gave you without so much of a question. Not realizing that that person gave you their all. You now feel like, well, they, can, they look nice. You know, That wig is how much? That shoe? That phone? They can give me this 2K again. And 2K. And 1K. And 2K and 1K. And you become a leech. You're disrespecting the body of Christ. When you should go out of your way to be a blessing as well. You see, these are the practicalities of sonship. When we start to practice these things, then we are, we are expressing Christ on display. You see someone is having a... You come into church and someone is... Someone is you encourage them. How was your day? The Lord is your strength. Be strengthened. Somebody sends you a message. The message has three parts. You reply to one. That's disrespectful. Good morning, how are you? So I asked about the shoes and I was wondering, and then you now reply, the shoes are at home. That's disrespectful. And again, I've shown you these things by practicing them. I mean, where you, where you missed the message, but you understand, where you didn't see something, especially these days where you send a message, you see the message that came in after the one that was sent. And that one will now come later. When it comes later, it will now sit in the place of where, has that been happening to anybody? But you see a message. It's better that you leave the message. Don't reply it until you're home and in your bed. And can give honor to the message. Than to reply and put a thumbs up. You're not, you're not honoring the church. You're not honoring your fellow believer. At least shoot a reply. Say, can I get back to this? Can I get back to this later? Can I reply this later? Do you understand? Leave it. Respond to what has been said. Somebody says, good morning. How are you? I trust you slept well. Yeah, I'm wondering about the key. You reply, the key is in the back. And for Nigerians, it's normal. But you see, all the speaking in tongues, this is what it boils down to. All the righteousness of God that you know you are, not by performance. These are the good works that it boils down to. So you honor someone. You respect them. Deliberately. Do you understand? Deliberately. 
Because honor is deliberate. When you understand that you're doing this to a fellow son of God, you are setting yourself up as a standard. You have to be deliberate about these things. Deliberate all the time. Deliberate with honor. Deliberate with empathy. Somebody says, I'm, somebody says to you, oh, oh, what's your name, my love? Josephine, your hair's nice. Is it new? You did it a few days ago. When did you do it? Last week. Looks like you did it three days ago. For this, see, she's blushing now. Oh, now she loves me. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Are you, whose friend are you? Sonia. Oh, my darling. You're right. You really rocked it on Sunday. Queen. What, what was I saying when I came to Josephine? So Josephine comes to me and says, I remember what I was saying, but I'm the teacher, I'm not asking you. Oh, you know, some, of you, some people didn't know, they just got carried away by her braids. So Josephine comes and says, oh, Papa, I'm hungry. I say, ah, me, I'm sleepy. Talk to me now. And that's disrespectful. It, sh- it shows no empathy for the other person. You now use your problem to cancel the other person's problem. Now, it's bad enough if you can't say, well, oh, I'm sorry, what have you eaten? Is there anything I can do? Would you, would you mind? That, that is the expectation. But if you can't, you shouldn't throw your own at them and say, me to have my own problem. It's your own. Faint your faint. <laughs> faint my faint. That's not the spirit of Christ. You should feel terrible every time there's a need you cannot meet. And you should make sure the person knows that I'm only letting you go because honestly I cannot help you right now. And then go out of your way. Call somebody. Try something. Make an effort. It is appreciated. Because you know that, hey, this is the fellow body of Christ. And that's when church becomes sweet and safe and pure. That's when church becomes a reflection of the husband that died to save you. That's the church that I'm going to see in my lifetime. That's the church springing from this city. Springing from these people that actually puts Christ on display. Actually. The church has a long way to go in understanding culture. In the north, in the north, you, you, you are, your car breaks down. The house man will stop. Carry the driver, if, even if it's three of us in front. He, nobody's arguing. If you're not happy with it, you drop the driver will carry you to the next place where there's a mechanic. Wait until you get a mechanic. He might drive you back to get you back to your car before they continue. You stand, you see, too blessed to be stressed, they will pass. <laughs> too connected to be frustrated, they will pass. I'm a winner, they will pass. Christ, my foundation, they will pass. You are standing there. My reign, year of supernatural reign, divine favor. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody. You say, How's a man that will stop everything? Yeah, everything okay, everything all right. And go out of his way to minister to you. We don't, we're not bothered. What's that one? Because if the stickers meant anything, the fact that you see another person carrying a sticker that shows that the Son of God is enough. That's why I hate those stickers. Now, you don't have to hate them because I do. But for me, those stickers show nothing. They just champion denominations. 
You, know, they don't, you don't drive differently because of the speak, because if you respected the sticker, there's some undercutting you will not do. There's some red light you will not beat. Do you understand? There's some stuff you will not, there's some maneuverings you will not do because you are conscious of the sticker of your church on your car. But you yourself don't respect the sticker of the church on your car. How much less a different sticker from a different church on a different car? So you see, it's not, it's not about the stickers. It's about the culture. Because there's how you would do something and somebody knows this had to be a believer. This had to be an angel. This had to be God ministering to me. This had to be. And the average person look at you and think you're being stupid. But you know that you're dispensing Christ in the earth. Because the church is the dispensing agent of the kingdom of God. That's when the societal change we need will come. We can preach, preach societal change all we want. It will not come until the church becomes the church in purpose. Call as many social awareness seminars as you need to. Call secular people to come and address the church. That's the height of stupidity. That's the height of stupidity. Call a motivational speaker. Call a social change agent to come and teach the church how to behave. Paul told Timothy that you know how to conduct yourselves in the church, the body of Christ. We have our conduct. There's no social agent that should have anything new to tell the church. If the church just became the church. Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and he went about doing good. Healing all those who were oppressed for God was with him. Let me wrap this up. Has anybody got this today? That's the heartbeat in this house. That Christ consciousness translates into active reverence for the church. There's a need in the house. Nobody will tell you that that's priority. Nobody. Nobody will tell you. Oh, there's no offering basket, so if you're not bothered. If you will not give because there's no offering basket, then you are not a giver. Do you hear what I said? I'm not a giver. If you not give because we didn't read two scriptures, give and it shall be given back to you. A scripture that has nothing to do with money. Yes, How have you robbed me? <laughs> Please give that the devourer might not devour. If you will not give, then you don't understand how much Christ gave. But ultimately, the Christ conscious believer is mindful of the local church. You, you respect it. They call a meeting, 2 o'clock. You, your determination should be that if I'm the only one that is there before 2, so it is. Let everybody call you oversabi. That's their problem. Because truly, if you're acting like that, you have oversabied. That's what Paul prayed for. He prayed that you will sabid to the point where you sabid what cannot be sabid. Is that not what he prayed in Philippians? Is that what he prayed in Ephesians 3? That you may know what, you, what cannot be known. That you may understand what passes understanding. If that's not what Obasabi is, I don't know what is. No, you have sabid beyond what is ordinarily sabiable. So yeah, Obasabi, yes! Because he's working in me both to will and do according to his great pleasure. If he puts this sabi in me by his spirit, I receive it! Ah, you too know. That, that's what Paul prayed. You can't know enough. You too do. That's the whole idea. We are zealous for doing Titus 2.14. Zealous for good works. We too do. We have not started doing. 
So until you, listen, you cannot be here and there. You cannot be dilly-dallying as a son of God. You have to take a stand. Choose where you stand. Don't be a politician. Choose where you stand and, and, and stand there. Until you get to the point where your sonship, you are being insulted and mocked. You have not started. They will call you names. Say, your own is too much. You're on the extreme. You are blasphemous. You are heretical. You are overshowing. Find you somewhere and so show your own show. Because, man, I know what he did to save me. I know what that calls me into. So every day I'm burning with passion. It's not something that we are walking up. Some of us, we don't need pastor to tell us to be excited. That's sonship. You take a stand. Somebody's going to give on time. It's going to be me. Somebody's going to be on time. It's going to be me. Somebody's going to clean on time. It's going to be me. You don't compromise. You're known for something. Whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't like it, too good. That's the filter. You know, there's some nonsense you don't need in your life. And don't change. Even if you're the only one, don't change. Don't change. Oh, Pav, it to do. We have not started doing. Because when we say our best is the least that God deserves, we mean it, even if it kills us. Because of honor. A service. I say, fix it. And sometimes you can feel like, ah, nah. I'm alone. They will think I'm doing too much. No. Show your honor for the church. Do what needs doing. A chair is not straight. Straighten it. You see cobwebs somewhere. Clean it. Somebody didn't flush well. Flush it again. You do it in your house. You open the bucket. You think, well, there's only one pure water left. You know, if you take the last one, it's finished. Go, and, go, go downstairs and buy pure water. It's irresponsible for you to take the last one and know that the person coming after you will have none to take. You see, that's church. That's church. Somebody says, I don't have air time. I want to make a phone call. Give them your phone. Empty and share. Star 777 hash. Is that not so? Star 777. Just 15 naira. That's when you become a part of the body. One church. We now duplicate that into 24 home churches. And those people catch it and duplicate it. Before you know what's happening, there's a fire burning that nothing can quench. But you see, somebody has to be willing to stand up and put themselves forward. And that's what we have done. Islam is the way it is because Muhammad took the stand he took. Talk to me now. Because he took the stand he took. Rastafarianism is where it is because Halil Salasi took the stand that he took. So the culture of the kingdom will get to where it should be because sons of God in this house are taking a stand. Don't let anything change it. You see socket off when it should be on. Switch it on. You see it on when it should be off. Switch it off. Switch it off. Who's going your way? Are you okay for transport? You sure everything is alright? You show up and you are in a gathering of the saints and we're teaching the word and you just slurch. When you will not do that if your earthly father was speaking to you. No matter how tired you were. You won't do that. So, but you know that if I do that, like Joshua said earlier, there's that thing that you know that hmm, this person hasn't done it. This person did it. So it's cool. If this person could do it at a level of understanding. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. Have you got anything tonight? It's very practical, isn't it? Bow your heads for a second and just meditate on it as we close. Some of you just need to make decisions, right? Choices. You need to make choices. As you're meditating, some of you remember people that you have not treated well. People that you have treated dishonorably. 
things you should have done that you, shouldn't, that, that you didn't do, things you shouldn't have done that you did. And you begin to determine that, Lord, I'm going to be Christ-conscious in my action. I'm going to be Christ-conscious in the way I deal with the saints, in the way I respond to church. I'm going to, I'm going to be deliberating my dealings with the saints. Just think about it. Matter a prayer. Make a decision. That's all it is. Better things are spoken concerning us. Can we just pray that to the Spirit, everybody? Better things. Better things are spoken concerning This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.